This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. If you want to get your hands on some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, all you have to do is go to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and you can find all sorts of Hey Bartender t-shirts and other stuff and just some t-shirts with some wise-ass remarks on them. Kind of cool. But just remember, head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com Dot com and use the checkout code hey dude to get 10% off your entire order yes 10% off your entire order go there now wait not now we're about to start the show Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender, the dude. The bar is open. So let's first get this out of the way. Let's talk about our drink special for tonight. Tonight, tonight's drink special, we're going to call it the Mind Eraser. Well, I'm not going to call it that, but SpoonUniversity.com calls it the Mind Eraser. It's either served in a, served in a shot glass or you can get it on the rocks and uh, drink it that way. You know, maybe have a little bit of fun with it and have your bartender, or if you are a bartender, shake and strain it into any old glass and serve it up. The way you make it is one part vodka, one part Kahlua, and one part club soda. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Take a shot of that and you'll probably have a night you'll never remember. Oh, just the mixture of all that stuff is just, you know, it's... Why don't we just, you know, have something really interesting? Well, what is it that uh, that Tequila Willies or something like that, or those bars out in the Caribbean, Senior Frogs or something like that? They have these people standing on these stools and they pour the drink in your mouth. You know, they don't even bother with the dirty dishes or anything like that. They just pour the drink in your mouth. And one girl I saw uh, when I was on vacation in the Caribbean that one time. They gave her a jello shot or something like that. And when she took the shot, they grabbed her by the head and just shook the shit out of her head. And, you know, I don't know how the girl didn't throw up, but, you know, good for her. Because, uh, you know, that can ruin a night when you throw up after your first, second, or third drink. You know, you got to make it to at least your fourth, fifth, or sixth. And, you know, usually do it at home because bartenders really fucking hate it when you throw up in their bar. I mean, I mean, I told you about that one time where I uh, caught that guy thrown up in my bathroom and I just looked at him and I said, clean it up. And, you know, he was, I think he was having a bad enough night where he understood, yeah, I, I better clean this up. Oh, so how y'all doing tonight? Y'all having a good night? Did you do anything interesting? We got any good stories? You know, you know, tonight I just decided... This is, uh, I'm recording this on a night that I usually wouldn't record a podcast, but, you know, mostly because <laughs> I'm bored, but I started thinking while I was uh, sitting watching TV, all the times that I'm sarcastic, all the times that I've just said something completely off, some really weird off-color remark, just because, I mean, there's really no reason for it. I just decided to say it, and it always comes off different 
no matter what you do. Uh, because you might have that one customer that is really cool and just thinks, ah, you know, he's just joking around with me. You know, that, that was pretty funny at my expense. But then you get these other people that take it severely personally. But we're bartenders. We're servers. We're sarcastic people because we have to deal with hundreds of personalities a night. And they're all different. And so you're going to get a little bit of sarcasm just because, you know, we can, or it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, pretty much the way it is. You know, sarcasm that's, uh, becomes part of the bartender server character. Uh, first story I can think of, uh, I was relatively new to the bartending business at this point in time, and I was just coming out of my shell. I am a pop culture junkie, so a lot of my sarcasm comes from movies, TV shows, whatnot. And I can't think of the movie that I got this one from. We had these two guys. They started coming into the bar. I think they were in love uh, with my... No, actually, I'm pretty sure they were in love with my uh, partner bartender. And so they were coming in constantly all the time. And... After a while, I like I've talked about it before, these guys started getting these feelings that they could flip a shit or the, you know, they were entitled to be assholes to us. They didn't, you know, have have to be nice. They didn't have to be cordial. They, you know, they just decided, "Okay, I can relax here. I can do or say whatever the hell I want." So these guys, you know, th- Mostly beer drinkers, but when they come in late at night, you know, they venture out to something a little bit more fun. There was one night where I even, they asked for one of our fishbowl drinks, which was basically all the rums, blue carousel, and juice. That's all it was in a, like a half gallon fishbowl. And I watched the guy start to drink it, and I guess he got tired of sharing it with four other people or at least being really close to four other people while I was drinking it. And he built himself a long straw. He got like five or six straws out of my, off my bar and then joined them all together just so he could sit back and relax and just keep drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And, uh, you know, I admire his ingenuity for it, but these guys, you know, they, they, uh, took a few liberties when it came to uh, conversations with me, at least. And all of a sudden, one of them just all, I, he just all of a sudden stood up and says, Hey, do you want to step outside? And I looked him right in the eye and I said, nah, I don't need a blowjob right now. Dude, shut up really quickly because everybody at the bar was laughing at him. And I, you know, it just came out. I don't, I, I, he wasn't offering me a blowjob, but, uh, you know, I just, way I decided to make it sound like he backed off after that. He, uh, he cooled down and you know, the, some people had a hard time dealing with my sarcasm because that's pretty much all I did. That was my character. That was what, who I was and well, who I still am really. I mean, with the job that I have now, I'm sarcastic to everybody and sarcastic or feel the need to make some kind of joke at their expense. 
But you have to realize, if I didn't take the time to make fun of you, if any of your bartenders out there in this world didn't take the time to make fun of you, they're either insanely busy or really do not care who you are. You are just another face in their bar. And, you know, you can sit there, shoot flares in the air, begging for attention from that girl at that corporate bar that had, uh, has to wear those really skimpy outfits. She, if she doesn't take the time to make fun of you, if all she does is smile and say thank you or oh you, she doesn't give a shit about you. doesn't matter how much you tip. But, you know, needless to say, sarcasm pretty much kept my sanity throughout that whole job. A lot, uh, longer time later, I was having a really rough night. I was serving that night. And I just was having a hard time putting up with everybody. I was stressed and, you know, just running food. The whole bar was packed. And out of nowhere, well, the way my bar worked at that time is you had to, uh, when you were running tabs, you had to walk up to the bar and write it down on a piece of paper. This was before that bar got a point of sale system computer, you know, computer. And so you had to walk up to the bar, write it down on a piece of paper. And as I'm writing down the order and this lady who was sitting at the bar, I guess she was feeling upright. You know, I'm entitled because I'm spending money at this bar. So you owe me. And I'd never seen this woman before in my life. And uh, so as I'm writing down this piece of paper, she says, excuse me, but is that my husband's hamburger? And I just turned and looked at her and said, nope, this is a piece of paper. And she said, then she, she, you could see the steam coming out of her. I can't believe he talked to me like that. So he, she reaches into her purse, pulls out a dollar and says, you see this piece of paper? This could have been yours. And I laughed my ass off and I said, I'm not even your server and walked off. And, uh, you know, she, uh, I guess she decided uh, that was kind of my fault that she decided to be mean to the bartender on duty that day because I pissed her off because, you know, these people, you people that, uh, uh, you customers that think that all you have to do is flash money at a bartender or a server and then we have to be nice to you. Fuck you. I don't have to be nice to anybody. I'm nice to who I choose to be when I'm behind the bar. And it doesn't matter how much money you spend. It doesn't matter how often you come in. It, Well, you know, if you show, show me your boobs, that actually might change things. But no, well, still, you know, you know there, there's a time limit if you uh, show some skin. But uh, you, know, it, you can't just sit back and say, well, you're not getting a tip. No, that doesn't ruin my night. That just means I'm going to turn your table over that much faster so I can get a paying customer that I can possibly tolerate in that position. And so am I going to be a sarcastic asshole to get you out of that chair? Oh, you bet I am. And it's just funny. And to me, you know, these... it. My sarcasm, uh, it took a long time for people to realize that I was just being sarcastic. 
And uh, like I like I've said before, the bartenders that I worked with, we were all friends, and I apologize to them right now, right here on this podcast, that how many times that they had to stick up for me going, Anthony was being sarcastic. You know, you just, you know, just listen to him sometime because he's actually really funny. And a lot of customers, the regular customers actually did listen to them and all of a sudden go, you know what? That was pretty funny. And I got to use that uh, one smart ass remark where somebody comes in, uh, comes up to me and says, Hey, you want to step outside? And I just look at him and go, I don't need a blowjob right now. Thanks. I got the, uh, I used that like three or four times during my bartending career. And I got huge laughs for it every time. So if you're a bartender or a server, it works in one of those bars where there is a chance where somebody's going to go, Hey, you want to step outside? Feel free to use it. Cause it seems to, at least for me, I, I can't guarantee that it's uh, not going to get your ass kicked. But for me, it seemed to diffuse the situation really quick because all of a sudden the guy is severely confused and everybody's laughing. And so, and when you have one of those entitled customers that sits back and thinks, well, I never, well, I'm not going to tip you uh, because you're being a jerk. You don't deserve a tip. Screw you. I'll get another customer in here that'll, that probably will. So get lost. However, no, it doesn't just stick to the bartender, uh, the bartender server relation or bartender customer relation. We're, we're sarcastic to each other. I mean, that's how we get along. That's how bartenders and servers become families. We are families. Uh, everybody that works in the restaurant, bartenders, servers, cooks, hostesses, whatever you are, you all become family because you all are in the battlefield together. And, you know, it's that's just the way it is. So, of course, how many of you people out there listening right now have never been sarcastic to your mother, have never said a wise-ass remark to your father, have never said anything completely rude to your sister? If any of you said uh, is raising your hand right now, put your hand back on the wheel uh, on the steering wheel. You need both hands on the steering wheel. But anybody else who's raising their hand right now, I'm going to flat call you a liar because everybody has that moment of sarcasm with even their best friend all the way up to their parents. Even people that they consider a casual acquaintance. Sarcasm is a way of life. So, this one time where I was working, uh, we just hired this new server. This new server, she could not be on time to save her life, which ultimately pissed me off. And the first two times I reminded her, I said, uh, you know, it's your shift starts at 5 o'clock and it's 5.45 right now. And so, I'll let it go, but, uh, you know, try to be on time. And this girl, she seemed stressed out about every damn little thing. And I don't know what was going on in her life. I really don't care because we're at work now. If you want to go off and talk about the drama in your life, well, actually, a lot of people do that in a bar but and talk to the bartender about it. But when you're working and making money, a big smile 
or you know a decent attitude when you go to your tables goes a long way but if you look like you're on the edge of crying when you walk up to the table that can be a problem so i tried my hardest with this girl i i was just like can you show up on time and that would automatically set her off and uh or i said you know your customers are a little worried about you um you know can I help you with something? Is there, you know, something we can do? And she's, no, no, I got it. And then she'd run off. And and finally, I just, it was just the last straw with her. And uh, so, you know, sarcasm started coming out. I, I was tired of her. And the boss wasn't doing anything about her. I told told my boss, you know, she showed up late every shift last week. You know, you know, are you sure you want this person working here? Because it wasn't my place to hire and fire all the servers. And the boss was just, well, give her time. I have no idea what that boss was thinking at that bar. Because they had a server that they absolutely hated, but wouldn't get rid of her. And then they would hire these kids, like 21 and under. And the law in that area was that people 21 and under could not do anything behind the bar. They couldn't pour a drink and they couldn't open beers and they couldn't run the taps, but they'd still hire these 18 year olds. And of course the 18 year olds are like, well, I don't know what the big deal is. Pop the beer. And I would constantly walk over and remind him. And I said, you know, if the OLCC comes in here, uh, Liquor Control Commission comes in here and says, and sees you do that and cards you, this place loses its liquor license. Therefore, they have no more use for a bartender. And that's my job. So therefore, you're screwing with my job. It's really easy. Just come over to me and say, I need a bottle of Budweiser. That's all you have to do. Just say, hey, I need a... Long Island iced tea. I'll pour it for you. I'll make it nice and pretty. And it'll taste good. You know, point out the customer. Do they uh, have a red nose? Because if they're a hardcore alcoholic, I'll make it extra special for them. Just so they think you are the most awesome server ever. And uh, the girl took a little offense to that. But that was a different server. The server that I'm talking about that showed up late all the time. I gave her the benefit of the doubt constantly. And because I was trying to learn from the other bartender, my partner, because my partner had the patience of Job. She had patience for everybody. She could make friends easily. You know, I don't think I could count on one hand how many people my partner hated. And, you know, I can uh, I would need another foot to count people that I hated. Uh, probably less than that if uh, I counted the people that I hate that I actually know. But that's beyond the point. The server, she'd show up late, and finally one day I found out what was bothering her so much. Back when I was bartending in that bar, this was back in 2000, she had a problem with smokers in the bar. And back in 2000... You know, it's 18 years ago at this point. And so maybe 
a couple of you don't remember that there used to be smoking in bars. And you could uh, sit there, you could drink, you could smoke and cuss and talk dirty and nobody would think the wiser or nobody would really care because, it, you know, it was a bar. And uh, she said, I can't believe these people smoke. And I said, well, it's one of those things that people do. Uh, I mean, it's sure it's America's very one of America's very few legal drugs. And uh, but this is a place where they can go and do that. And she goes, it's so disgusting. I can't believe that these people would do that to themselves. And I said, well, it's their choice. And she goes, you know, I went into a bar one time with my friends that didn't allow smoking and we had a great time. And I stopped and I looked at her and I said, are you sure it was because it wasn't, wasn't smoking? It, it wasn't because you were together with your friends, was it? So uh, you didn't care that your friends were there. All you just were able to say is, oh my God, there's no smoke in this bar. This is a great night. Give me a beer. I love drinking this beer um, because there's no smoke in the air. You know, I'm going to take a deep breath. And I went on her for good three, four minutes on things just like that. I'm going to take a deep breath because this bar has nice, clean air. And you know what? I'm not getting any extra toxins in my body uh, just by breathing. And I'm inside a bar that doesn't allow smoke. Of course, there's a lot of truck drivers outside that are smoking. So as soon as I walk out that door, I'm going to be getting a lot of the car, uh, carbons from their trucks and their cigarette smoke. But while I'm in this bar, I feel safe to take a breath. Let's try it right now. <sighs> and apparently she took great offense to that. And uh, when it came to my... Uh, boss uh when it, oh, for that sort of thing he got mad at me and i was just like what are you talking about and he goes you can't talk to her like that and i was like the girl is complaining about smoking she's working in a freaking bar she's not gonna last long here anyway and uh, no and you know i you know, okay maybe i should have toned it down a little bit i'm older now i'm wiser of course I can't wait till I get uh, get a little bit more older now, uh, older than I am now, because then I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want, and just claim, <laughs> hey, senior moment. But back then, I was in my 20s, and you know they said, you can't talk to her like that. She's really upset. And I said, get her off my shift then, because I... I'm having a hard time. My customers are having a hard time with her because she's getting on my customer's case for smoking. She spends too much time behind the bar anyway. Get her off my shift. Didn't have to. Didn't They didn't have to because eventually she quit anyway, which, you know what? Good riddance because, you know, if you have a problem with something, if it affects your morality and like, you know, Say you don't like alcohol, then don't go to a bar. Or say you don't like meat, don't go to Outback Steakhouse. Or, you know, it, there's just a lot of things in this world 
that I don't understand. It's just the whole idea. You don't like something, then don't go there or don't do it. Yeah, if every time you walk into a room, somebody punches you in the face, don't go into that room anymore. It's that simple. And that's the way I feel about how some of these servers, you know, get on their soapbox or even the customers or bartenders, everybody. They get on these soapbox and say, you can't do this because it offends me. There's another time. Uh, this guy, he came, he comes into my bar. He's a regular. That night, the Portland Trailblazers were playing. They were nearing the playoffs. I think it was like the Western Conference Finals or something like that. And I had a bar full of people that wanted to watch that game. They wanted to sit, eat bar food, drink beer, sit with their friends, and you know just watch watch the game. But there was one customer, only one customer, that wanted to watch the Hoosers game. And there was a problem. The bar that I worked at that at that point in time was on satellite dish, and this was before satellite dishes. Could, you could watch different things on different TVs. But uh, this was at, during that time where, sure, you, uh, you can have 14 TVs in your house, but everybody has to watch the same thing. Uh, but so I had a lot of customers come in at 5 o'clock saying, hey, the Blazer game's on. So I was like, all right, let's get that on. Pop. And then we're sitting there, we're watching it. And this guy says, why are we watching the Blazer game? And I said, uh, because everybody in the bar right now, and then somebody made a three-point shot, and everybody goes, woo! And I said, see, see? You know, all, all these people in the bar want to watch a Portland Trailblazers game. And he goes, well, the Hoosers are on. I'd rather watch that. And I said, well, there's really nothing I can do because everybody in here is here to watch the Blazer game. And he goes, well, turn it to the Hoosers game. And I said, if I turn it to the Hoosers game, that makes... Everybody else around you, everybody mad. And they might not get on you about it, but then they get mad at me. I lose business. So I got to cater to everybody else. What was it Spock said? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the asshole. So that upset him. He got really, really mad. He went to, to, he went to my boss to talk about it and he said, I wanted to watch the Hoosers game and your bartender wouldn't let me watch it. And he tried to explain to him the same thing. And it's, well, the Portland Trailblazers were on and we can only show one channel at a time. And he just went off. And so uh, that caused uh, my manager at the time to add on a cable system to the bars just so he could watch more than one show at a time. It, you know, just to cater to that one dickhead that wanted to watch a Hoosiers game when there were 50 other people in that bar wanting to watch the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, but did that stop me from making him feel like an idiot? Oh, God, no. So he comes in, and once again, it's another one of those nights. Portland Trailblazers are playing. I got a packed bar. And then he goes, turn on the Hoosiers game. And he says, I'm sure your boss talked to you about that. And I said, yes, he did. So let's turn on the Hoosers game. 
I okay, maybe kind of forgot that. Okay, no, I didn't forget that we had the two uh, two signals coming into the bar. But I just decided I'm going to turn all the channels to the Hoosiers game, and let's see what happens to this guy. You know, I want to actually see if people get mad at me or get mad at him. And so I took the remote control, turned it to the Hoosiers game. The entire bar went into an uproar. What the hell? And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But this guy says he wants to watch the Hoosiers because they're better and doesn't want to watch a Blazers game. And unfortunately, we don't have another system in here. So uh, to keep him calm, keep him nice, we have to watch the Hoosiers game unless he leaves. And, uh, you know, okay, yeah, I was being a dick about it. And uh, he finished his drink and left quickly because all the rest of the bar patrons were really, really, really mad at him. And was it my fault? (laughs) Hell yeah, it was. (laughs) But, you know, when you go into a bar, you got to go along with what everybody else is doing. If you don't like what everybody else is doing, don't make the entire world change just because of you. You know, all he had to do was go home or maybe even a different bar that had a uh, had cable instead of satellite that could change different channels on each of the TVs, which he did eventually. Uh, he, I, I sent him to a friend's bar uh, across the way. He hated that bar because he hated the owner's. Uh, that bar at one time, I guess, would serve people under the table and, uh, you know, let them pretty much do anything, you know, smoke weed, cocaine in the bathroom, all that stuff. And when the new owners took over, they tried to cleanse all that stuff to the point where they wouldn't even let the Harley riders come into the bar because they thought that brought down their business. And I always thought that was kind of stupid, but... I sent him over to my friend and he got to watch his game. I didn't see him a whole hell of a lot after that and probably good reason why. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just people's expectations and, you know, to think that the world will change just for them and expect me not to flip you shit about it. Wow. It's, oh, that's just crazy you know but now it's time for me to get off my bartender high horse time for me to relax a little bit and time for me to entertain just a touch only a touch uh time for the hey bartender podcast joke of the week that's right bartenders if you're ever stuck for a joke i'm here to help you out servers too don't forget your servers so anyway here we go Nice short one for you people. Easy to remember, easy to tell. I think we're going to go to a classic guy walks into a bar type of joke. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. So this guy walks into the bar and the bartender says, Hey man, how was your day? And the customer says, Ah, well, I held my own. And the bartender says, Well, that's a good thing because if you held somebody else's, you'd probably be in jail. Thank you.
hey, come on, not all jokes can be winners, but if you need, you just need something in a pinch, you know, a quick giggle. Yeah, just use one of these jokes, I tell you. Oh, sarcasm. Love it. Yeah, just thinking about it. It's And it's not just me. I actually have a favorite story that has nothing to do with me. I wish I was there that night. In fact, the bartender that was on duty, she wishes I was there that night because she th- thought that my mind would have worked a little bit faster and uh, hit the guy a little bit harder. This guy that came into the bar, he was good friends with two of our regular customers. And I'm pretty sure the only reason why he hung out with those two regular customers is because he was in love with the other guy's wife and was just wait, biding his time, waiting to uh, jump in uh, at the right moment so he could pick up the pieces if their relationship ever failed. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure she had better taste than him. This guy is a plumber. I don't know if he was worked for a company or owned his own, but the plumber part is the joke about him because he was short, a plumber, and had a mustache. So immediately, when you think short, plumber, mustache, what do you want to call the guy? Everybody, we want to call him Mario. And, you know, that became his nickname. We didn't care what his real name was because, you know, he looked like Mario. And we didn't make any Nintendo jokes at him. In fact, most of us hated him because he his brand of humor always went too far. I talked about this before where, you know, it's kind of like the quagmire type of thing. Hey, Meg, you 16 yet? No. Hey, how you doing? You know, just moving on. Talk to somebody else until he finds somebody that's of legal age. Well, one day he comes into the bar and my friend tells me about this during one of the late night uh, BS sessions when we're all trying to wind down after our shifts. And she said he came in and he talked about how he went to this house that had a clogged toilet. And so he went in there with the tools and tried to unclog it from above. Nothing happened. So he said, well, I got to get underneath the house. So he gets underneath the house and finds where the pipe uh, for the toilet is and uh, unhooks it. Nothing happens. And he goes, well, obviously the clog's right up there, so I'm just going to stick this right in. And then whoosh, everything that that house had put into that pipe came down right on his face. And, you know, uh, how many, I oh, wow, I can actually hear the people going, right now and so uh my friend when she was working she said uh wow so i guess you got a little shit faced at work today huh and then you know everybody had a big laugh about that because honestly that was some funny sarcasm right there and when she was telling me about that and i was then my mind started working and i said well that's pretty shitty and she goes, that's another good one. And I, and I said, so he got shit-faced at work? She goes, I said that one. And I said, well, you guess you catch a lot of crap when you're a plumber. And she's, that's another good one. You know, how many shitty jokes can you make about somebody after something like that? You know, if there's a plumber out there listening to this podcast, you might want to skip stories like that. Because 
oh, I don't know, people want to, you know, want to stop shaking your hand or, you know, uh, catch any shit today or, uh, you know, it's, it, there's just too many jokes, way too many jokes. And, uh, we hated that guy. So I don't know if, uh, my part, uh, the other bartender ever went back and kept, uh, kept on him, you know, with all the stuff that I was saying, it's just like, catch shit everywhere. Don't you? You know, getting getting shitty at work or uh you know, you know customers just flipping you shit and you know i don't you know it was that's just bartender based sarcasm i mean bartenders the really good ones uh their sarcasm flows out of them like they are aces at improv i mean if if you ask me the two best improv artists of all time robin williams and ryan styles and if you don't know who either of those are, well, Robin Williams, come on, everybody knows Robin Williams. Ryan Styles, look him up. He's an, he's a hell of an improv artist. But our sarcasm is so improvised that it's tough to keep up with. And, you know, sometimes I do repeat myself just because all of a sudden you realize as a bartender or server that a lot of times the same damn thing happens every single day. And... Uh, you know, it's just, uh, one of those things, you know, but anyway, you know, I feel like playing some music right now this week. I am featuring a band from Seattle, Washington called the stockings. So here's the stockings with their single. I should have known.
That was the Stockings with I Should Have Known. They are a Seattle-based band, and they're, you know, they sound kind of like they got this Brit-pop influence, and uh, so if you want to check them out, they've got some singles available on iTunes. If you want to follow their music and download some more of their stuff, you can also follow them on Bandcamp. They also have a listing of their shows where they're playing in the near future, so go check them out. You know, sarcasm doesn't have to go along with uh, whatever story that somebody comes up with or if they start to give you hell and then you feel like you have to really come back at them. I mean, it can even be in shorts, you know, short hits. I mean, sometimes the short hits, people don't even realize that they were hit. And, uh, you know, there's this girl that came into the bar one night and she said, uh give me a, uh, give me a beer. So I, you know, uh, I usually make fun of people when they say, give me a beer because, uh, you know, the, all the bars that I've worked at had better than 15 beers on tap. So when they say, give me a beer, I go, what flavor? And, you know, then they go, Oh (laughs) yeah. Uh, and, uh, but this one girl, she, I gave her beer and, uh, if that beer company, uh, was actually sponsoring me, I'd say what the name of that beer was. Cause it's actually a pretty good beer, but they're not. So good luck with them. Uh, when it, I was, uh, I count this as sarcasm because when she paid for her beer, she gave me exact change for that beer and said, sorry, I don't have any money to tip you tonight. And my mind immediately went back and she, you know, wait, she never tips me. And so when she said, I don't have enough money to tip you tonight. And then I said, then what are you doing out? And she got a little confused. Uh, Come on. I mean, if you don't have enough money to uh, go out to a restaurant properly, you probably shouldn't be going out and thinking about how you're going to eat that week. And, uh, you know, other people, they, my favorite thing to be sarcastic about and also it's an uh, excellent opportunity to make money and to be a complete jerk um the this one was taught to me by one of my uh colleagues who is an excellent bartender she's been a bartender a long time she comes from a family of bartenders and that have they've all made um done really well from themselves and she told me that Every once in a while, people would come up to the bar and say, uh, give me a vodka crayon. Give me, hey, do me a favor. Make it make it nice for me. And so sometimes she would bring it up, so, so you want a double then? And, no, no, no. I don't want a double. I want, you know, just give me a little bit extra. So a double. No, no, I don't want it. No, the person's not getting it through their head. They want a drink. That's really strong, but they don't want to pay for it. Okay. Odds are you ask your bartenders, you know, hey, make your make the drink a little bit nice for me, would you? And there's there's a little tip in it for you if you know you what, what do you think you're some kind of big shot or something? Okay, the bartender probably will charge you for a double. And you know, if you're smart enough to look at your tab at the end of the night, they probably did. But if you're sober enough to realize that they did, and you go, hey, you know, why am I being charged for a double? Well, you wanted a nice drink. Got to charge you for it. 
I think it's mostly because everybody thinks when they've finally established themselves at a bar that they really like, they think that they have a little pull and say, hey, make it nice for your old buddy over here. You know what? That's people trying to get something for nothing. And you know what? In a bar, if you want something for free, the only thing at a bar that you get for free is sarcasm. And we got that by the boatload. You know, it, bar, the sarcasm is always free, no matter what bar you go into. So if you feel like you want to go out and get a deal, order up some sarcasm at a bar. You won't be disappointed. Anyway, people, it is now last call. Last call for alcohol, at least for this podcast. If those of you who are listening in the middle of the day, don't panic. You still have some time left. But if you want to share a cool story or a cool joke with my podcast that can be read on the air, just email me at heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook, take a look at some of the sarcastic memes that I put up there or just keep up with the show. Go to Facebook and look up Hey Bartender Podcast. That's Hey Bartender Podcast. And we're also available on Twitter at HeyBartenderPO1. And you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and I think Stitcher just took us on just recently. So, you know, got that going for me, you know, which is nice. And... Remember, to, uh, if you want some Hey Bartender swag, we got new stuff coming up all the time. Go to hey-bartender-podcast.myspotify.com and check out some of the cool stuff we got there. Hey, and on your way out, use the coupon code HEYDUDE and you get 10% off your entire order. 10%! That's kind of cool if you ask me. So anyway... Lots of love to the bartenders and servers out there. Remember, if you're a customer, I want you to remember to take care of your bartenders and servers because they are taking care of you. And remember, please remember, after you're done partying at the local bar, don't drink and drive. Keep it safe. Take Uber. Take a, t- uh, take a taxi. Take a lift. Whatever you got to do, just make sure you get home because I'm sure at least some of the bartenders want to see some of you back again. Anyway, that's it for Hey Bartender Podcast for today. I am the dude. As usual, I'd like to quote my hero, Billy Joel, by telling you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night, everyone.